Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers bringing authentic, authoritative, exotic, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Tea is both art and craft. It nourishes and inspires. It is the most ancient of plant-based medicines, simultaneously energizing the body as it soothes the mind. Intimately local in character, the tea trade exerts global influence, employing millions to supply customers of far greater volumes than coffee. It is a fascinating, intricate topic, far more complex than one person can master. That is why the T-Biz podcast enlists 40 voices skilled in 12 languages to tell the story of tea. Authentic reporting relies on the expertise of tea professionals who know the tea lands from birth and speak the native tongue. Transparency is storytelling grounded at origin. Each week, the T-Biz podcast summarizes news with the greatest impact on the tea industry. But tea requires far more nuanced coverage than the recitation of production volumes and commodity prices. That is why the Tea Biz podcast is paired with the more inclusive Tea Biz blog and Tea Journey magazine. The podcast offers a weekly mix of news and features. It is innovative and interactive, permitting listeners to conveniently contact reporters at Origin to ask questions that are answered via text messages that are delivered privately to their phone. Welcome to this week's edition of Tea News You Need to Know. Here are the headlines. The Global Tea Initiative at the University of California, Davis, debuted its first digital colloquium January 21st. Sales at U.S. tea and coffee shops declined by $11.5 billion and more than 200 venues vanished in 2020. Respondents to a U.S. Tea Council survey say they feel centered after drinking tea. And Kenya's parliament reestablished the country's tea board in the new year. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. 
The first digital day-long Global Tea Initiative colloquium transported hundreds of online participants to Vietnam, Colombia, Sri Lanka, the United Kingdom, and China. Hosted by the University of California at Davis, the sixth colloquium, organized by Professor Catherine Burnett, included five sessions. Presentations by experts on agriculture on the science of tea were complemented by biocultural research and storytelling exploring tea legends, myths, and spiritual beliefs. Author Lisa C. delivered the colloquium keynote from her home, humbly acknowledging that she is not a tea expert and then describing her fascinating journey of discovery to Yunnan with her friend Linda Louis, who talked about traveling back in time in the ancient tea forests of South China, where pu'er tea is made. Tea Biz talked with Lisa about the role of tea in her life. Listen to her interview later in this podcast. Business Insight. Fifty years ago, UC Davis pioneered U.S. research into wine and has since established programs for craft beer and specialty coffee. Tea is the most recent addition to the university's curriculum. The university is developing a certificate program for tea professionals. In 2020, coffee and tea shop owners estimated losses averaged $32,500 per store per month, according to Allegra World Coffee Portal. Sales were down 24% for the year. It was a net decrease of 208 shops, the biggest decline since the Great Recession. Starbucks and Dunkin' Outlets now comprise 66% of the total U.S. coffee market by store count. Last week, Starbucks announced it will close 300 of its 1,400 Canadian locations by March. The company operates 30,000 stores worldwide. News Insight, tea accounts for between 12 and 20% of beverage sales in the U.S. coffee market, valued at $36 billion in 2019. There were an estimated 1,606 specialty tea shops operating in January of 2020, according to Sinensis Research. Attrition due to the pandemic appears to be much higher in tea shops than among the 37,200 remaining coffee shops, due in large part to the prevalence of coffee drive-through locations. Consumers choose tea not only for cardiovascular health and immune-supporting benefits, but for improvements of mood, too, according to a 2020 survey commissioned by the Tea Council of the USA to celebrate National Hot Tea Month. 93% of respondents said they felt calm while drinking tea, while 84% said they felt centered. Respondents associated green tea with emotional and mental health. Black tea is thought of as a pick-me-up. 86% of respondents cited having a unique preferred routine to unwind, making it clear that consumers are counting on tea time as a relaxing ritual. Kenya's parliament has re-established a national tea board after dissolving the regulatory body six years ago. 
The industry has since endured several setbacks. New tea board directors representing growers, smallholders, traders, government, and factory operators will be named in March. The Transformational Tea Act of 2020 prevents traders from selling a tea directly to foreign buyers. Tea must now be purchased at auction, a decision that the industry hopes will lead to higher prices. Tea costs at least $2 per kilo to produce in Kenya, but a surplus in 2020 kept prices below break-even. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade Teas works with tea purveyors at every scale, from promising startups to the world's largest multinational beverage brands in the hot, iced, and bottled tea segments. With U.S.-based formulation, blending, and packaging services, Q-Trade can help you innovate, scale up, and grow your specialty tea brand. For more information, visit our website, qtradetees.com. This week, we traveled to India to discover a charming and earth-friendly alternative to the millions of plastic teacups discarded at train stations, and to California to meet Lisa C., author of the acclaimed best-selling novel, The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lake. In seeking to become plastic-free, India has decided to do away with plastic cups at 7,000 train stations across the country. Indian Railways is the largest rail network in Asia. Every day, 12,617 trains run along the length and breadth of the country, covering 7,172 stations. On a normal non-COVID day, they would collectively ferry 23 million passengers. Now, a month ago, the Indian Railways announced they would replace plastic cups on the trains with the Kulad as an attempt to reduce single-use plastic and replace it with an eco-friendly Kulad. This project is being launched at 400 railway stations to begin with. So what's a kulad? A kulad is quite simply a terracotta clay cup. It's unglazed and without any handles. And replacing the plastic cup with a kulad offers a non-plastic alternative, of course. But it can also generate employment and income to small-scale potters across the country. It's said to be potentially 2 million potters. And it's viewed as bringing back something that's inherently Indian. Terracotta utensils date back centuries. But this is not the first time the Kulad has been considered in place of plastic cups. Nearly 20 years ago, the then railway minister had introduced the Kulad for the same reasons, but it fizzled out rather quickly. Reasons were that it cost more, that many customers didn't find it appealing or even hygienic, and finally, demand just outstrips supply. Still, something's got to be done because even if every passenger on the train drinks only one cup of chai on the journey, that's a mind-boggling amount of plastic. Jaya Jaitley, who is a politician and an expert on handicrafts, was quoted in The Guardian as saying, For the idea to work this time round, the government must allow for the design to vary across the country. They must ensure a steady supply of clay to potters and also provide feeder centres near major railway stations. It's believed that the first time round, there was an insistence on a standard coloured design and that's impossible to achieve when you're talking about a country the size of India. However, it must also be said that the Kulad is not without detractors. They argue that it too is a single-use cup and the terracotta can take decades to degrade. So unless it's reused, the Kulad too will add to the landfill. 
So it remains to be seen if the Kullet will endure and add to the charm of tea in trains in India and if it's really an alternative to plastic. Author Lisa C. has led a remarkable life in tea. Her great-great-grandfather worked his way from a laborer on the transcontinental railroad to become a leader in the prosperous Chinatown of Los Angeles a century ago. Listen as she discusses how tea has influenced her life. New York Times best-selling author Lisa C. discusses how her daily tea-drinking rituals connect her with the broader story of tea. My name is Jessica Natale Woolard. I'm a tea writer based in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Join me for a conversation with Lisa as we discuss the role of tea in history, culture, art, and daily life. When you contemplate tea, its history, production, commerce, and cultural practices old and new, you see how influential it's been throughout history. So Lisa, how do you think tea influences our view of the world? Well, you know, I think it depends on where you are in the world, right? I mean, tea is the second most popular drink in the world after water. And in some countries, you know, it is really important. China, obviously, India, Turkey, you know, different places around the world. However, in a place like the United States, it's obviously a distant, <laughs> it comes in way after water, then coffee, then maybe, I don't know, Coca-Cola or something. So I think it really depends on where you live and how important it is within your, your own culture. I mean, you know, here in the United States, we don't really have that tradition of afternoon tea time if you're if you're like more of an English tea drinker or just even the idea of having a glass jar with tea that you carry with you throughout the day. So it really just, again, depends on where you are. But I think for those places and those cultures where tea is really central to life, that you're right, just even with your question, that it touches on all aspects of your life. It's it's about taste, it's about aroma, it's about how you feel on that particular day. It's about the connections some of us, not all of us, will make to poetry and art and to nature. So I, you know, I just know for myself, I, I drink tea every day. And in the, you know, sometimes the night before, sometimes that, that morning, I'll start thinking about what kind of tea do I want to drink today? You know, what, what, what's, what am I going to start with? And that it really becomes something that is really connected to my own emotions and to just, you know, where I am in life at that moment. Do I want something really kind of light and fresh? Do I want something that's really rich and deep in flavor? Do I want a tea that, you know, like an old cooler that is really, that will take me into history, you know, just by tasting it. So you've touched on how different cultures have different traditions around tea and different practices. What do you think about tea's ability to connect different cultures? So what role does tea play in blurring some of those boundaries. 
I'm often reminded of this line from Lin Yutang, who wrote, there is something in the nature of tea that leads us into a world of quiet contemplation of life. And I think that that's true, that it that if you're experiencing tea or tea traditions from other countries or other cultures, it does kind of force you to slow down and think about that culture, where that tea came from, the physical labor involved. I mean, I having now, you know, spent time in the tea mountains, I I will never ever take a cup of tea for granted again. You know, I will always when I'm pulling out the leaves and looking at the leaves, I will think about all the people who touched those leaves before they came to me. And there's something to me very powerful about that. You know, that you have the pickers, you have the people who process, you know, every leaf picked by hand, the people who process it, the, the women who sit with those big trays and, you know, they're, they're sorting it leaf by leaf by leaf. It really forces me to slow down and think about what went into this cup that I'm enjoying. So it sounds like tea is part of your daily tradition. What is it about tea that fascinates you and that, that you have chosen to make tea part of your daily life? I, I hate to keep going back to the personal, but maybe that's the right place to be. In the sense that, and I, again, already mentioned this about slowing down, but I think part of that slowing down is really about looking inward. To really, you know, earlier I said, you know, when I wake up in the morning or even the night before, I'll think about what tea do I want to drink? today, you know, and, and, you know, I don't drink just the same tea all day. Sometimes I'll switch to three different ones, depending on the time of day and depending on how I feel. But that also means I have to think about what do I want? You know, how do I feel? What do I need? I think maybe that's it. What do I need today? What do I need this morning? What do I need this afternoon? What do I need tonight before I go to bed? You know, it's, it's such a sort of new agey phrase, but it's really about mindfulness, right? That you're actually having to think about who you are and where you are in that moment before you even make that choice of what you want to drink. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of tea biz journalists and tea experts? Contact them direct through Subtext, a private message-based platform. Avoid the chaos of social media and start a conversation that matters. Subtext's message-based platform lets you privately ask meaningful questions of the tea experts, academics, and tea biz journalists reporting from the tea lands. You see their responses via SMS texts, which are sent direct to your phone. Visit our website and subscribe to Subtext to instantly connect with the most connected people in tea. Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-biz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week.
Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.